You know, man has long been fascinated with the occult, with the spirit world, with life after death, speaking to the spirit world, channeling ancestors, channeling people of the past to come back and speak. There's been much speculation and much confusion about life after death in our society. Life after death, man's spirit, God's spirit. What do they mean? Dr. Oz wrote a book called You, the Owner's Manual. And in You, the Owner's Manual, he he talks about how to eat right, how to exercise right, what you can do for your body and how you can help your body. It's You, the Owner's Manual. But Dr. Oz does not get into the nature of man. And that's my topic this evening, the nature of man, man's spirit. Man's spirit. The Bible has so much to say, though, about the spirit of man that it can be a little overwhelming. But tonight, I want you to be diligent. I want you to search the Scriptures with me. Be diligent and search the Scriptures with me and understand the nature of man, the spirit of man. This study is is very necessary. Our view of man's nature our view of man's nature will, will set our view concerning what happens after man dies. What you believe about man's spirit and God's spirit and the, and the nature of man will determine what you believe about life after death. If there is any life after death. So it's a very important topic. There are those who believe that man's nature is wholly material. And what I mean by that, that man dies and like Rover, he's dead all over. That once you're dead, you're dead. There is no spirit that lives on after death. There's an old argument that was dealt with in Scripture. Spoken of very much in the New Testament. You know, in the Jewish religion, in the time of Jesus, in the time of Paul, and in the time of John, there was a sect of the Jewish religion called the Pharisees. And there was a sect of the Jewish religion called the Sadducees. The Pharisees, they believed in spirits, they believed in angels, and they believed in the resurrection of the dead. But the Sadducees didn't believe in any of it. There are many neo-Sadducees in our society today. Neo meaning new. They're just bringing up old topics, old ways of looking at things. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. And the neo-Sadducees prove Solomon right. The Sadducees, Acts chapter 23, verse 8, they didn't believe in such things. But Jesus, Jesus, he silenced the Sadducees. Jesus silenced the Sadducees in Matthew 22 and verse 32 when he said that God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. God God said, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. They're still alive. I'm not the God of the dead. I'm the God of the living. What did he mean? 
Tonight, we'll look at the Old Testament writings of of Moses and the prophets and the New Testament writings of Paul and Peter and Jesus and others so that you can have a better understanding of you. Not what you need to eat and how you need to exercise and what medicines to take. I'm talking about that inward man, that inward self. And we're going to look at it through the Scriptures. The Bible begins... If you'll look at Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, the Bible begins by affirming something about the nature of man. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Now it's obvious that man has an exalted position over the animals, over the other created things, of the world, man is viewed by God as superior to all of other God's other creations. Man is created, as it says, in the image, in the likeness of God. But what does this mean? Well, if you look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Man does share some things in common with the animals. God formed man from the dust of the ground, just as he did all the beasts of the field as and the birds of the air, as it says in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 19. But man has a superior standing. And as we study... Notice the dual nature of man, the the outward man and the inward man. Man is not just breath, as some say. Since only man has been made in God's image, I want you to notice as we study, and it will be obvious, that the inward or, or higher part of man is that which is in God's image. Notice in Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, after man sins, this curse is placed on all of us. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. The consequence of sin was death. In death... The body returns to the dust or the earth from which it was formed, as you see. But what becomes of the inward man? What becomes of the spirit of man made in the image of God? Notice from Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 7. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit... Will return, will return to God who gave it. The dust, the body, formed 
from it returns to the earth and the Spirit returns to the the Father of of spirits, as we'll see, who gave it to man. We are far more than just our body. Made out of the dust of the earth. We possess a spirit that comes from God, made in His image and His likeness. Notice from the prophet Zechariah, chapter 12, Beginning with verse 1, the burden of the word of the Lord against Israel, thus says the Lord, who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. As we've said, the body was formed from the dust of the ground by God, and God has formed the spirit of man within him. The prophet Daniel In Daniel chapter 7, verse 15 said, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. The prophet agrees with what's been said so far. That the man is both spirit and flesh. His spirit reasons. His spirit has emotions. Shifting gears. To the New Testament, James chapter 2, the Bible continues to affirm the dual nature of man, body, and spirit. James chapter 2 verse 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Note that James here does not say that the spirit without the body is dead or ceases to exist. Death affects the body, not the spirit. The Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. The Apostle Paul says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Paul agrees with what's been written and already stated. That there is an inward man and an outward man. There is more to man than just the outward body. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 3, Paul speaks of an incident in, in his past. He says, and I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. Notice here, Paul doesn't know if he was in the body or out of the body. But notice, notice, this text demonstrates that man can exist separate or apart from the body. He didn't know whether which one he was, but he knew whichever one he was, he existed. Remember, the body without the spirit is dead. Both do not cease to exist. Some say the spirit is just breath. When God breathed breath into man, that was, that's all that is. Notice what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. For what man knows the things of man, except the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God 
except the Spirit of God. The Spirit within man is intelligent. It, it reasons. It, it, it has a conscience. The, the Spirit is more than just breath. God is called the Father of Spirits. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9. You know, a father has offspring. If you're a father, you've got children. A father, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? God is called the Father of spirits. If He's a father, He has offspring. Paul uses another analogy to explain the spirit within man. Think of your body as a tent. Think of your body as as a building, a temporary building. Notice 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. For we know that if in our earthly house this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation that is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. You know, in New Orleans and all along the Gulf Gulf Coast after the Hurricane Katrina, there was a lot of temporary housing made available, wasn't there? If you're from this area and you jumped on the interstate at all on 65, you remember all of those tractor-trailer trucks going down with with all of those those, uh, convoys of, of temporary housing. Trailers, don't you? Our spirit is residing in an earthly tent, temporary housing. It has a desire and it groans even for our perfect, permanent, heavenly home. Paul understood, and now we understand, that man is, is not wholly mortal. Look at, look, notice in verse 6. He specifically says, we are at home in the body. Now, notice what he says. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor, yet What shall I choose? I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Paul, in verse 21, is is speaking of his death, and he he agrees so much with what he, he told the Corinthians. Paul knew he was going to die and leave that body in the grave while his spirit departed to be with Christ. He didn't know which one was better. I think he landed on that being with Christ would be better. Peter also speaks of a tent that we'll soon all put off. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Yes, I think it's right as long as I'm in this tent to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. And, and you know, we're going to let our Lord Jesus Christ 
have the last biblical word as we talk about the nature of man. We are made in God's image. Jesus confirmed, Jesus said in John chapter 4 and verse 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. If all we received from God, if all we received from God Almighty was breath, then that just makes God hot air, doesn't it? If all that we received from God was our physical body, well, that just makes God dust and dirt, doesn't it? No, the inward man is a spirit made in the image of God who is spirit. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, Luke 23 Verse 46, he cried out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. What did God receive? His body went to the grave. Three days later, he showed his body alive from the grave. Jesus died. He he rose again. Jesus, as a man, had both body and spirit. After he resurrected, After his resurrection in in his body, Jesus appeared to the twelve apostles. Jesus said in Luke 24 verse 39, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me, he says. See, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. The twelve were frightened. They thought they had seen a ghost. They thought they had seen a spirit. Jesus debunks this idea because he says, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones that you can touch and see. Jesus warns, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. The body can be killed, but man cannot kill the soul of man. God can destroy both. Fear God. Do you fear Him? The dual nature of man is is clearly seen from Scripture. Man is not wholly mortal. Within man is, is man's spirit. A soul that is so valuable to God. Notice how Jesus explains the value of a soul. In Matthew chapter 16, beginning with verse 24, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Notice, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and he will reward each according to his works. Jesus says our soul is is the most precious possession that we have. There's not anything that we can do to redeem it. There's nothing equal to its worth. 
Don't you want to save your soul? To do so, you must be an heir of the promise. The promise that was made to Abraham. You must be part of God's family. It says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 26, For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's seed. You're heirs. According to the promise. Mark chapter 16 verse 16. You must... Believe and be baptized. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. You must repent and be baptized. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. You must confess and be saved. Become a child of God. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. Because you are sons, God has sent forth, notice... His Spirit into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And, and now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized, calling on the name of the Lord, as together we stand and sing.